Savkar here again, CEO President of STEMIFY. And today we have the fortune of having Dr. Megan Staples, who is an Associate Professor of Mathematics Education in NIAC School of Education. Her teaching focus is training secondary mathematics teachers and her research focuses on making mathematics classrooms meaningful and respectful spaces for students. She has served as a PI on multiple different grants funded for teacher development and research projects. Her most recent publication is Justification as an Equity Practice, published in the NCTM's new journal. And the most recent project she has launched is a Math Teacher's Circle for Social Justice. She's currently the president of AMTEC, the Association of Mathematics Teachers, Educators in Connecticut. And she's highly accomplished with all the different awards that she has won over the years. She's a recipient of the Atomic Rosenbaum Award, the Connecticut Council of Leaders Mathematics Betsy Carter Award in 2019 for her service and leadership at the state level. She stays in Manchester here in Connecticut with her husband and two daughters. So Megan, welcome to this podcast and thank you so much for agreeing to you know, talk with us about education. Well, thanks so much for having me. All right, so let's get into this. So what is the biggest challenge to access initiative and motivation in an online education according to you? I think this is a really important question. I think that there's huge issues when it comes to access with online education. And we're not just talking about the hardware, right? So there are certainly issues with hardware and stable connections and things of that nature. But I think there's that engagement and the teacher knowing their students well access issue. So certainly this is heightened by our current pandemic, which is putting everybody at home and everything is a little bit different than it used to be. So we have everything's the same in terms of having the students are the same, the content you're trying to teach is the same, the teachers are the same. Everything surrounding that is different. And that completely changes the equation. And the teacher can't see the child in front of them and their facial expressions and how they're responding and connect things. So I think the access that's provided by relationships with teachers in our current context is one of the the issues. And I think it's all overcomable, right? All of these things can be addressed. But every teacher right now is like a first-year teacher, and we're all struggling and trying to figure out what's going on and how to use our knowledge to navigate this new environment. So I think what we're really missing right now is a world of experienced teachers when we're in our online environment, and developing that craft knowledge over time will certainly increase teachers' ability to engage the students and give them more access to the content. In terms of the situation where you know, we already know there are equity issues all over the place. How do you think that is influencing, you know, student motivation and initiative when it comes to the online education? Yeah, I think it's very hard for students right now to be motivated for their education for, you know, a million and one reasons. One is certainly the relationships I just mentioned, um, and teachers are feeling that too. So without those relationships as strong as they have been, it's very hard for a kid to sit down and, you know, they open their Google classroom and it just looks like a bunch of to-dos and a long list of things for them to to try to accomplish. 
there's no connecting with the students. There's not the teacher there to say, hey, I know you're interested in blank. And so here, today's lesson links to that. So we've gone too far in one direction and taken the teacher out of the equation here. And we need to really insert the teacher back in there to establish those relationships with the kids and really help them engage again in these online settings. So I think that equity is huge there because students who inherently see college as their future and their ticket and the way that they need to go, they will persevere through this. They think it's worth their time. They're willing to deal with the struggles. The relationship with the teacher doesn't matter to them quite as much and in those moments. And if that's not where I'm coming from and I open the screen and I don't see my future somewhere in that screen or something motivating for my future, then this isn't, you know, isn't going to work work as well for me. Um, And that, you know, this happens with all students. It's not just, you know, girls versus boys. It's not just any one group of kids versus any other group of kids. But we definitely are struggling to engage, you know, all students across the board. And I see engagement and motivation as really very, very similar things. Right, right. And that's well said, Megan. That's exactly right. So how do you think the SES plays a role in access? And what are we really doing about it as a community? So there's the, there's the hardware, right? <laughs> there's the concrete things, there's the computer, there's the Wi-Fi. Then there's the softer stuff, right? So, uh, so SES can mean a lot of different things. So you're talking about socioeconomic status. Absolutely. Um, and so for me, I think about that with the cultural capital kids bring to school, the social capital kids bring to school, um, and the economic capital that kids bring to school. So we've got the concrete things. Those are the obvious things with price tags. But there's a lot, lot more there that plays out with the access. I'll tell a little story here about a student of mine who she, uh, her senior year of college, she got a a teaching assistantship um, so that she could support herself. And she had struggled with some of her math classes previously. And the economics of having that GA-ship that she had uh, alleviated so much stress for her that she suddenly began to blossom. And she had kind of known inside herself that her struggles with math was because her mind was cluttered and stressed, but the rest of the world didn't necessarily know that. And she really had to persevere. And she said to me with that GA-ship, she said, this is the first time in my life I have not had to worry about economics. And that was such a freeing experience for her and such a game changer for her. And so I tell that story because it's grounded in the economics, but it is really about everything else. It's about what you can focus on, what you can attend to. It's about the relationships you have, what you can take advantage of. So uh, the socioeconomic status just plays a role in absolutely everything and especially people's ability to take up opportunities in front of them. If my life is stressed and strained and I have extra concerns around health, which comes with stress, I can't take advantage of those things. And I think that's one thing in education that's tricky is we feel like we offer students so much and we do, but they can't always take advantage of it given how it's being offered or given the ways it's being offered or given the, um, what they have to bring to the table to, to take advantage of it. So I think that's a, that's a really, really big issue. In terms of what we're doing about that as a community, uh, there's a lot of great initiatives happening right now. 
I'm looking at the state of Connecticut and we have the PACT initiative, which has just started, which is basically the idea that students, anybody can go to community college, essentially tuition and fee free. And so that's like the pledge to advance Connecticut is what PACT stands for. Those kinds of things are huge. Again, not just because of the economics, but because then every single student who walks in a high school door and a teacher says to them, so are you going to college? They don't get to say, I can't afford it. Um, And that was very, very real for a lot of students for a long time. I can't afford it. So why bother, right? It's very hard to think, oh, I'm going to work hard for something that I really can't obtain. That's just an exercise that is, is not fair to put students in that spot. And so something like this pact is a wonderful thing because now every single teacher can follow up with that kid and say, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can go to college and here's how. And so making this vision of your future self very real and attainable is, is an absolutely wonderful thing. So that's one example. Um, schools are going out of their way to get kids the hardware. I know that thousands of laptops have been handed out across the state, across the country, um, which is amazing. So there's so many initiatives and people giving in those ways. Technology companies are giving hotspots. Uh, all kinds of wonderful things are happening. Um, so I'll, I'll stop with those. But I think those are the more we provide access to students and the more opportunities they can really see, they can really take advantage of, then we're going to link back to the motivation engagement and students are going to be able to take up all, all the stuff that's already in place, but they haven't really been able to take up so far. Megan, the story that you just shared about the student is so real for so many of our students. And the effects that are felt by these students sometimes don't even get on the radar for the instructors in classes that these students are in because of such assumptions that we end up having that there are times when we have to be deliberate about and sensitive about the facts that there are these real issues that our students face when you know they are trying to deal with life really while they're trying to get their education and i think that is quite evident from your example you know you really shared some great examples of what the communities do communities are doing across you know the ses and gender what uh, is one of the biggest lessons you have learned in your career can you share a story oh yes <laughs> i've learned many 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 lessons in my career it's interesting because I think the, the lessons you learn, they suddenly get crystallized in front of you from one instance, but there's a lot that goes on before those things are crystallized. So I guess I'll tell another story at this point. And I don't remember if this is my first or second year of teaching, um, but I remember teaching a class. It was one of my first calculus classes. And as a first or second year teacher, I mean, that's pretty, they're throwing you into calculus. So you've got seniors and kids are telling you their, you know, their brother is older than you and, and so on and so forth. So there's a, a you know, status issues involved and trying to make your way as a new teacher. So this particular group, I, I uh, ended up connecting really well with. I you know, thought they learned a lot. They seemed to be doing a great job. We would joke around a lot in class. And Unlike some of my other classes, first or second year, where I just didn't hit a groove, I really thought that I'd, I'd hit a groove with this group. And so it sort of was. And then I managed uh, the last few, few week of class, I was talking with one of the girls in the class, outside of class, and she, I don't remember what she said, but she dropped a small phrase um, that made me realize something for her didn't sit as well in the class. So I followed up and she said, no, she said all the joking around and, and the, um, 
you know, the camaraderie, she said, that's great, but I feel on the outside of that. And she's like, and that it hasn't been as comfortable an environment for me. And I was very much taken aback by that. And you can look at that story and say, well, of course, like you should have, you should have noticed, you should have known. But I was so sort of swept up in the positive vibe, which was for me very much like kind of almost family gatherings with joking around with my family that I didn't realize that the environment was not supporting everybody in in the same ways. And so the two takeaways I have from this is that when we're teaching, we're not teaching for most, we're teaching for all, literally. And far too often, what we do is for most. And we really need to go out of our way to make sure it's for all and actively shape every environment we're in to attend to everybody's needs. And I think the second big takeaway for me is that your students will teach you, but they have to see you as a willing learner. And if you're not projecting that or communicating to them you're a willing learner, they're not going to teach you. And that's really the only way to become a good teacher or to have good curricular materials or to have a good after-school program or whatever it is, is you have to allow the students to teach you and make space for them to teach you. Megan, those two are just the most profound lessons that one would think about because it addresses many of the issues in terms of inclusion and what we think as inclusion. And I really love the fact that you're saying it is not for the most, it is for all of them. And we have to be deliberate about that. And then again, being a you know learner, as a teacher, you have to be also a learner to receive what your students are actually telling you and are willing to share with you that influence how you teach and how they receive. I think uh, that's absolutely fantastic. So we'll be getting to the time where, you know, I'm going to ask you to leave some of, uh, you know, your major thoughts and what your new things that you are actually doing and what is the best way for our listeners to kind of connect with you if they want to continue the conversation. Sure. So I'm glad you asked about new projects. Um, So I'm very excited about a new project. I just started with a, a colleague of mine, Kyle Evans, and two teacher colleagues, Scott Caprolos and Gina Rivera. And we are starting a math teacher circle for social justice. So math teacher circles are a thing supported by the American Institute of Mathematics. And they occur all over the United States. Um, They might be even broader than that. And essentially math teacher circle is an opportunity for teachers to come together and do problem solving together and to engage in mathematics together and reflect on pedagogy together. So it's really meant to be experiential and capacity building because often we are trying to teach in ways that we didn't necessarily learn. And often we don't have a, the community in our schools that, um, that is as nourishing and feeding us in terms of our, our math and our content. So our particular twist on this is the Math Teachers for Social Justice. Um, so the problems we are picking and engaging people with have to do with the ways mathematics can inform our understanding of the world and our actions in the world. So when we think about social justice, we think about reading the world and understanding the world with mathematics. And then we think about acting on the world informed by what the mathematics has told us about how the world is operating. Um, And I'll slip in there that if you're talking about anything related to equity, you are talking about something mathematical. The only way we understand inequities in our society is with sort of larger scale data. So that's just a little aside about the the value of math. So we're starting that up and we've had a great response so far um, and we're very excited to to move that forward. 
So that, uh, if anybody's interested in that or just in general to reach me, I'm best available at my email, which is my UConn email, megan.staples at uconn.edu. And that's M-E-G-A-N dot staples at U-C-O-N-N dot E-D-U. That is outstanding, Megan. I am so happy to hear that you are actually, uh, you know, continuing with your passion of what you do the best. And uh, I hope that uh, this new initiative really catches on and there is more uh, you know measurable things that we can actually learn from this initiative and hopefully scale in a way where it is a part of our fabric daily fabric thank you so much megan for making the time to have this podcast and hopefully we will have you again sometime soon well thanks so much for having me this has been great